there's a mix of like factual and like opinionated things too. (laughs) And it's really hard to know who's an expert and who's just like an armchair expert. Like everyone in some ways are like on equal ground when they're first answering on Quora. I I found it super useful during engineering school when I, I needed supplemental answers to really difficult engineering concepts that I just could not wrap my head around. You know, I, I couldn't just stare at a textbook and yeah. look at that one description and be like, oh yeah, I understand this. Hey guys, welcome to Product Explained, a show where we talk about products and the company's history and strategy behind them. I'm your first host, Jeff Lee. And I'm your co-host, Mike Alcazarin. Hey Jeff, what type of person answers strangers' questions on the internet? Uh, Let me ask Quora. Today's show, we're talking about Quora, a social question and answer website. Yeah, and I would like to start today's episode with a definition. And I want to define Cunningham's Law, uh, which is (laughs) states the best way to get the right answer on the internet is not to ask a question but it's to post the wrong answer. (laughs) And the concept is named after this guy, Ward Cunningham, who I guess is the father of the wiki. Um, I don't know if that's true, but if Cunningham's law still (laughs) holds true, rather, someone can correct me. Uh, But as Jeff mentioned, today we're going to talk about Quora. Quora is a website that you can go to ask the internet questions and get answers back. Then the community of people that also are on Quora can upvote and also add clarifications or new answers to your answer. The questions are all organized into spaces, so think categories like startups, design, technology, business, and so on. <clears throat> I really like Quora. It's one of my favorite yeah. you know, places to, to waste some time on. And I always find myself rabbit holing. Well, I'll, I'll search for one thing and then I'll just see something else that I'm interested in. And then I'm like answering all these questions. And, you know, I think <laughs> make, fulfilling Cunningham's law where I'm just like, all oh, these people are wrong. I need You're to wrong. provide the, <laughs> exactly, yeah. provide the right answer. So it, it's really interesting. I've definitely been using Quora for a long time. And I'm surprised that I, I, I still continue to use it because, you know, there's Reddit and there's like, which is an r slash, sorry, r slash ask Reddit that kind of fills that niche, but it's definitely different types of questions and even just general Googling. But it's super nice to have everything all in the all in one place. I think it's not as curated as Quora, um, like Reddit and some of the other places, because Quora does a really great job of putting together basically like a newsletter format that, that you can like read. There's a thing called the Quora Daily Digest that I like subscribe to and literally look at every day before bed. Like it's now become a, a ritual for me. And then I'll just like keep scrolling. And then I'll just get like random topics that I've recently looked up or, or read. It's like unlike Reddit, where I feel like in Reddit, you have to like know what question you're asking. Yeah. Quora almost like provides questions that you didn't even know you needed answers to sometimes. <laughs> you're like, I <laughs> never exactly thought that it. I had to answer this question before, but now I do. What like topic has Quora been like promoting to you? Because for me, for some reason, it's been taking me down this like Marvel MCU like rabbit hole where it's asking like a ton of questions and like different Marvel stuff. Interesting. Yeah, mine is still like, because I think I first discovered... So I think I first discovered Quora in undergrad and most mm-hmm. of mine are tailored towards, you know, that snapshot in time. And so I was in engineering school for those of you who don't know me. And so it's like, you know, psychology and science and technology books. So those are some of the topics that I get. So it's always a lot of like, yeah, I guess maybe to your point of like, I, I've definitely asked some like, you know, Game of Thrones type questions or done some searches of mm-hmm. like, you know, what does this mean in episode six, you know, in season four, like and all that jazz. And so I will rabbit hole there. But yeah, I guess I, I really do like that product feature that they have of the, the 
the daily email because I find myself rabbit holing as well. And maybe the the better analogy for Quora as a product is it's a text-based version of YouTube where you can, you know, <laughs> search for your specific, you know, thing that you're looking for. And on Quora, the thing is a question on YouTube, it's a video. And then you start to just rabbit hole based off their algorithm taking you down the down the path. Yeah, that's a great analogy. So in terms of business model, Quora is in the business of eyeballs. So they want you to go to the website and browse. And so as you're browsing, you'll actually see so as you're browsing, you'll see some small posts that say promoted by Turing, and it's actually framed as if it's a question. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's all like text-based. So you're seeing here, I'm, I'm looking here at the website where it says, here, here's this thing on like, and I clicked on my physics, uh, <laughs> my physics space that I have organized mm-hmm. here. So it says all this stuff on like, hey, is string theory untestable? Why is it a theory? And then there's another one where it's like, it's so hard to find strong software engineers in San Francisco for my company. Has anyone solved this problem? And then it's like, try this company to, yeah. <laughs> to, to solve it. So it's interesting because like you start to filter out this as you, you know, filter out all these promotions and ads. But this one, I actually didn't realize it was a promotion until like seeing like the grayed out text where it said promote, yeah. promoted because I would actually read it. And then I'm like, you know, maybe this is enough for me to craft. Th- maybe this question is enough to just capture my attention and rabbit hole in there. And if I did have this issue of hiring strong software engineers in San Francisco, maybe I'd be like, oh, like, let me uh, let me try this out. So right. sneaky advertising, but it's also getting better and better <laughs> as they're in the business of eyeballs. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Like, I feel like Quora is one of the best at hiding sponsored posts or ads. Like, I feel like other places I can tell really quickly it's an ad. But I have found myself just like you getting into the trap of clicking into those like horror questions because they're formatted just like a regular post. Kind of like how Reddit does it, I guess. I think they do a really good job of formatting the question or phrasing the question where it sounds like really interesting and maybe like clickbaity. And then you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to read this. And then all of a sudden I'm like, <laughs> oh wait, like they're selling something to me or they're trying. They actually don't really say like buy now or do this thing, but it's like always answered by somebody from the company that's paid for the ad. And then you're like, oh, this guy's a trusted person. And Maybe I should consider using his product to do X, Y, Z. Like Quora in this weird way is like a trust building exercise. So yeah, very interesting. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's all these like public, you know, you can see like your, you know, the person's avatar, their their, their picture, and then it says, you know, what their, their background is in. Uh, and so you can also see like how many questions that this person has answered in the past as well. So you can start to build that credibility on your profile, you, you know. This one guy that this, I just clicked on someone random, he has 1.5 thousand answers. That's wild. Some people are like way up there. I see some of the same names across like a bunch of random different topics and spaces. And I wonder like, is this what they do for a full-time job? There's just one guy, his like subtitle is like so-and-so son of Korra. Um, And I found him (laughs) in like so many freaking like posts. Some people like to focus on one topic, like maybe it's like fitness. Some people like to uh, answer questions in various different spaces. It's just kind of all over the place. And I think it's really smart that Quora puts the engagement model directly in the hands of the users and they get revenue that way. It's like, it's very much a social media platform and not just like question and answer platform. And there's a mix of like factual and like opinionated things too. <laughs> yeah. And it's really hard to know who's an expert and who's just like an armchair expert. Like everyone in some ways are like on equal ground when they're first answering on Quora. Yeah. And I mean, I, I like... I found it super useful during engineering school when I, I needed supplemental answers to really difficult engineering concepts that I just could not 
wrap my head around. You mm-hmm. know, I, I couldn't just stare at a textbook and yeah. look at that one description and be like, oh, yeah, I understand this. I'm like, well, looks like we need to go to the internet for this one <laughs> and, like, and get some supplemental stuff here. So I remember Quora being like really good for that. Lately for me with work, it's been kind of – because I've been doing a lot of pricing over the past six months. So looking at – just asking questions of like, how do you think about pricing or like elasticity and getting all these like really good anecdotes just to help like, yeah. you know, you know, intake that has been really interesting. And I like Quora as opposed to YouTube because I could also go to YouTube and I have before for all of these pricing questions that I actually supplement my, you know, all the questions that I have by looking up a pricing video. But sometimes for me, it's just really nice to not open up YouTube or not open up a podcast to, you know, you know look at and find this one piece of content that I need, I yep. can just go right to the answer. Yeah. And that's why I really like Quora is it gets right to the point and just can answer it, the specific question that you're looking for in a really quick, concise, pithy manner. Yeah. I think what you mentioned there is like really telling. So with YouTube and with audio, like video and audio, so YouTube and like podcasts, I guess, you can't really skip to where you think you're going to need to go because you don't know what's got really meta really quick. Yeah. But like in Quora, like you can skim, right? And you would just like skim through and kind of look for some keywords or you kind of have an idea of like where the answer is going to be found, even if it is a really long post. So what I like about Quora is you're able to gather answers from a ton of different people and skim through them really quickly to find what you need versus at YouTube. It's like optimized for engagement, right? Or optimized for like how long you're viewing. So you have to watch one 30 minute video on a topic and then another 30 minute video on a topic and then another 30 minute video on a topic. And you have three opinions at that point. <laughs> and yeah. you know, they're yeah. all not, they're not building or they're not like putting together 30 second videos. They're all, like I said, like really long videos. So, but in Quora's case, I think the longest post that you'll read is like maybe like a page or two long. You can read through a lot faster uh, and you can get a lot more opinions. I think what Quora is also really good for is like experience-based answers, which I guess YouTube is also kind of good for. Unlike, let's say, Googling something where it's more factual, Quora is going to give you a lot of opinions, which can yeah. be good, right? It's like kind of this crowdsourcing of opinions. Again, similar to Reddit, I guess, but more along like the Q&A format. It almost feels like the answers are all contextualized. It's like, well, here's the actual... like. I think the best core response or best core answer is like, you'll see like the answer to the question in the first sentence, and then it'll start to describe like, well, in my experience, like I've yeah. seen like X, Y, and Z happen. Context. And yeah. Exactly. And then you get that context from experience. So it's, it, it, it does feel like it's a little bit opinionated, but it's, I think the best answer is that you'll also quickly see it and, and trust like the, the, the writer. Um, Cause you'll see that they answer it, then they'll get the context. Yeah, there's a program that they have called Core Partners. How do I describe it? Basically, so I've been invited to Core Partners. I think you said you've also been invited to Core Partners. Essentially, yep. all they do is they ask you to post like 10 or so questions a day or however many questions. There's no, they don't kick you out. I mean, I've never been kicked out of Core Partners. I really don't even know how I got invited to Core Partners. But maybe that everyone's was, a partner, Jeff. You're I, not yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the idea is that when you ask questions, if it gets enough views, you'll actually be able to monetize your question for a year. So Unlike YouTube, I mean, anybody can make a YouTube video technically, but you usually have to take some time to get good content and the quality of your videos before you really start making enough money. But with Quora, if you just ask the right question, you can make some money with it. And I'll give you an example. So I'm actually looking back at my partner program dashboard and looking at the couple of questions that I have had like monetized. Sometimes you'll get like one cent, two cents here, but I've actually had a couple questions that have done pretty well. So let me find one or two of them here. I asked this question on April 11th of 2019, 
And it was, how much money do Hamilton actors make? And I earned $116.87 off that question. That's ridiculous. From asking a question, from asking, <laughs> spending like 10 seconds asking a question about Hamilton. And Hamilton's been around for a long time. So I'm kind of surprised that, you know, this question hadn't been asked before. Um, What's the answer? Now I'm curious. Somebody said, F Alexander Hamilton, the classist pig. <laughs> so maybe I'll <laughs> skip that answer. The exact amount is unknown. Most Broadway actors make about $2,000 a week. But with Hamilton's popularity, it's guaranteed that they make more, yada, yada, yada. Um, someone said, oh, Cora, always more useless questions about money, money, money. Collapse this answer. Criticism of Cora is not allowed. <laughs> like this guy's this is a very meta <laughs> answer. Um, and there's a bunch of other collapse answers. So sometimes people just like answer a bunch of questions to like shotgun approach and try because I think you can get paid to answer questions as well. And if you do it frequently enough, you get paid. But it's not so much about the answer in that case. It's about like how often does that core question come up in, let's say, searches or... Totally. Uh, and, it's just engagement. It's engagement, right? So like if people are, other people are interested in the topic, even if there's not some really good answers, then you can get some monetization there and they give you a cut. I mean, that just feels like a, that, that feel like that question feels like a clickbaity question that you would see in like a on a Twitter post that's advertised. And it's like, <laughs> you're like the top 30, uh, top 30 Hamilton actors, you know, and what their salaries are, but you have to click through 60 individual slides with an ad on each one. There's another question I asked here. I asked it in May 1st of 2019. And it was, does Daenerys have green eyes? And do you know why this was important? This is a spoiler. So if you have never watched Game of Thrones before, Maybe stop, listening, stop listening and listen to another episode of Product Explained. But there was this theory that Daenerys had green eyes. It was like something about like the true heir was like a blue eyed person or something like that. And was they were asking if Daenerys like had green eyes or blue eyes. And it like mattered because of her lineage. And so that was like a cliffhanger question. And I asked it like right at the end of, end of one of the episodes, like literally episode just aired. I, I asked this question. So I probably got like a good solid week of, <laughs> yeah. of people like trying to like search this question. And just to give you an idea, I got 23,000 views, which actually isn't that many views for like, you know, a post like that. Th 366 ad impressions. But I think what's important here is that 99% of the traffic was external, meaning that it wasn't from Quora that people found this question. It was like people Googling it and they found the Quora answer. So it drove a lot of traffic to Quora. Um, and I earned $181 for that question. So again, like me just sitting on my couch, just thinking out loud, <laughs> theory crafting. And I'm like, I wonder if Daenerys has green eyes. And I asked this question, which it seems like a very simple question, but other people are interested because the implications of it are pretty grand. And let's see. In the book Purple, the actress had trouble with colored contact lenses. So we're left to wonder, why did they answer this? I mean, while you're looking for that, I think it's super important to just like you know, these different mechanisms that companies uses for like to create that flywheel effect is so important. I know we talked about in one of our earlier episodes, like Nextdoor, for example, they give physical postcards that you can give around to your neighbors to bring them onto the platform of Nextdoor. And this is, you know, Cora's version of doing that is like, you know, Jeff's going to rave about making a hundred bucks for his quote unquote toilet question, you know, toilet yeah. thoughts question. I will say um, that like, this is this is by no means a way to like replace your day job, uh, and I haven't asked core questions in some time. But I think if you do it regularly enough, it's a numbers game, and you might hit on some question that other people are interested in asking. Just so that you know, and again, spoilers here, but Daenerys has violet eyes per the book, but Amelia Clark has grayish blue eyes. And then I think specifically that episode, Melisandre was asking about talking about green eyes because it was in a prophecy. And I think Cersei has green eyes. So it has something to do with Cersei, but people were wondering if it had to do with Daenerys. Yeah, a little bit of a, a Game of Thrones side tangent there. Rest in peace, the eighth season. But in general, I, I think that what's really awesome 
about the use case here is that I literally just had a shower thought and I yeah. punched it into my phone and passive income, I like earned some money by asking a very interesting question that drove some engagement. And again, like I earned a hundred something bucks off of it. Imagine how much money Quora earns. They obviously earn way more to be able to give me a kickback of like a hundred bucks. For sure. Um, so let's talk about the history of the product. So Quora was originally founded in 2009 by two former Facebook employees, Adam D'Angelo and Charlie Cheever. When they were coming up with the name Quora, which is something I was interested in, they said they spent a couple hours just like brainstorming and eliminating some bad answers. They got, got some friends to kind of pitch in and they eventually settled on Quora, which again, doesn't really tell me why they picked Quora or how Quora came to be. <laughs> right. Um, but what Circular they did say, logic. Yeah, exactly. We brainstormed and settled on Quora. We picked it because it was the best and it was the best because we picked it. They said the second closest answer was Quiver. So maybe they just like Q names. I don't know. In 2010, which is just a year after they had named Quora, um, Quora was valued at 86 million, which is insane. I, I really wonder how it blew up so quickly. And it, they were so big, they're having difficulty handling traffic in late 2010, like in December of 2010. So a bunch of people are trying to come to Quora, answer and ask questions, and they're getting some pretty good traction. In 2011, they had redesigned the website, modeling it off of Wikipedia. I don't know how Whoa, they modeled it off of Wikipedia. I have never heard anyone modeling anything off of Wikipedia. Yeah, I know, right? And <laughs> I don't even feel like... Do you feel like it's very Wikipedia-esque today? Like, I don't know. I wonder what they chose from Wikipedia that makes it feel like it's... I don't know. I don't know. Like, it doesn't It doesn't feel that Wikipedia-esque to me. It feels like a mixture of, like, like a feed and, like, Reddit posts today. Yeah. Maybe maybe they did another redesign that I wasn't aware of. But I guess you used it back then. Like, does it? do you feel like it's changed very much? I don't know. I, I guess... I don't know. I guess my primary ingress now is the daily email from Quora. Yeah. So I, I typically don't ever go to Quora.com intentionally. I just mm-hmm. get the email and then go into it. So yeah. Yeah. I actually don't know like what the UI is like. Like, yeah, I can't even remember what it was like before back in the day. Yeah, for sure. Anyways, moving on to so 2012 Achiever stepped down as a co-operator and took on more of an advisor role. I think that's pretty typical of like co-founders. Sometimes it's hard to like have one singular leader. So Usually somebody will ask um, for like one person to step up. In 2013, they launched a blogging platform for people to post like non-answer content. And they also launched a uh, full text search of questions and answers. And they also expanded it to mobile. I'm kind of confused because if they didn't do full text search before, did they just not have a search before? And it was purely like recommendation driven or maybe it was only found via Google. I I guess I don't know. Speaking of search, like Reddit still has not figured out search. So I guess I'm not surprised that it took three years for it's hard. Actually, like, I think it's really hard. Search is a very basic concept that everyone has some idea about. But in reality, like, the more information you get, and the varying different ways that that information is like stored or displayed, it's actually really hard to do search well. Like, why do you think that Google has been a leader for so long? Like they, one, they have all the information now. So like they've obviously indexed and archived the entire internet and they are the leaders in data. So they have that access at their fingertips. And then two, it's actually just really hard to like search for exactly what you want. Like I think people take for granted how easy search is compared to like what you're actually looking for. Like I I can think about Slack, for example, like one of the benefits of Slack is that you can Uh search like all your history. But at the same time, like, you know, what's harder than just searching is remembering what you need to search for. If you're like, didn't so-and-so say this, you have to remember who said it, what the context was, maybe some exact text matching. It's not as easy as you think. So I just wanted to kind of add that in here. So in 2014, this is kind of interesting. They joined Y Combinator. So (laughs) they joined Y Combinator in 2014, four years after they started. And remember, they were valued at like 86 million in their first year. 
and they were described as quote the oldest y combinator ever <laughs> because most <laughs> of the time when you join y combinator you're like maybe six months yeah like a know. few months in you've maybe maybe got like five employees that are like living off of savings like it, it's usually not that you're already so far along that you have like a ton of you know traffic or whatever so i thought it was really interesting that they had joined y combinator in 2016 they placed their first ad and their first ad was actually from uber which i think is really interesting that is. I'm trying to think about what Uber was like around in 2016. Like, was that at the heyday of like all the controversy? I don't remember. I think it was right before the controversy. Like Uber was just like the giant and like Lyft was like, you know, a sparkle in someone's eye at that point. <laughs> but, but I think 2017 is when early, early 2017, late 2016 is when Uber fell off the rails. Yeah, I think like Uber in 2016 was like pushing for like a lot of local municipality changes like getting cities to accept uber as accepted you know business like yeah getting, like, business so talk about grassroots let's just go to quora and you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah like run ads there they also expanded to multiple languages in 2016 in 2017 they started to detach anonymous questions from accounts so i think this is interesting before when you posted on quora you could post an anonymous question but there's still a way to actually link that question back to you I don't know if it was just specifically from like internal Quora data systems or people could find it or whatever. But what they started to do instead was if you posted an anonymous question, no longer could you find the question yourself as a user, but it was just found by link. So the only way to get back to that question was to keep that link somewhere. But that then it was true anonymous and nobody could come back. I think this is really interesting because I've kind of talked about this before with like Reddit and other social media, but sometimes people are afraid of the mob when asking different questions. And sometimes they might want to challenge different ideas and post some content. Not to say that you, it's just like a way to like post like shit posts or like anonymous content that's just meant to like incite people's like debate. But I think it is really important to have some form of anonymity so that people are like truly unbiased uh, in what they're saying. The way you do it with Reddit is with throwaway accounts. So they haven't really solved the like anonymous post thing very well. So yeah, I just thought it was like really interesting that they actually spent time doing this in Quora. There are some anonymous questions out there. I know that on Quora, if you post anonymously, you actually can't be monetized for it. So you can't actually get any money for these anonymous questions. And I think that's probably for good reason, right? If you posted something that was like, I don't know, like sparked a lot of debate or was like really divisive, you're probably going to get a lot of engagement, but you know, they, they don't want you to be able to like take advantage of that but still have yeah. the anonymity you could right? game that super easily exactly just have some like softball like easy political question and then boom yeah <laughs> it's like the left said this the right said this. yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, they no. want they want some level of accountability if you think you're going to monetize it otherwise if it's anonymous it should be purely for the sake of knowledge which i think is like a good stance to have in 2018 there were 100 million users who had their data breached which is pretty scary if i recall correctly uh, the the founder had mentioned that a lot of the data was actually already public within Quora. So maybe it was more of like a scraping thing. But obviously, he, he was pretty aware of this and mentioned that this was not up to their standards. Um, in 2019, they reported 300 million unique visitors per month. But what was funny was that a lot of the users didn't know they had accounts. So Quora was doing this thing where you couldn't really read all the <laughs> questions unless you created an account. Honestly, this might have yeah. been why I created an account. Um, and they did that through interstitials. Now you're a partner. Look at you. I know. And now I'm a partner. Look at us. <laughs> um, so they did this through interstitials. Basically, it's just like, think of it like a pop-up. So like you go to the website and like, for example, if you go to like Wall Street Journal or New York Times, there's like a paywall. It's kind of similar to that, but they don't ask you to pay for anything. You just have to sign up for an account. 
Speaking of that, I saw like a really interesting post on Reddit from a UX designer that mm-hmm. just showed how bad mobile or how bad website design has gotten from uh-huh. a UX perspective, where it's just like it took away all the text and just put like all the pop-ups that pop up of like subscribe to this email and then you get a notification to say, do you want to subscribe to notifications? And then you have to like click this, click this. You have, it was basically yeah. like eight clicks just to get to like the, the actual text. Yeah. So, uh, you know, at 2018 or 2019 rather, <laughs> Quora was one of the early causes of this. With right. Their interstitial. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's rough. But yeah, like I guess a ton of people didn't know they had Quora accounts and even though they were like technically a part of Quora. I think it's interesting to think about like which which of these accounts are actually active. And that's why active users are a super important metric to kind of track. Also in 2019, they were valued at $2 billion and raised another $60 million, But they were still not showing that many ads at the time. Uh, and they had only made $20 million in revenue in 2018. So that's pretty crazy that they were like $2 billion in valuation and $20 million in revenue. And I think that scared a lot of investors off because they felt like Quora was having trouble turning around any revenue from the platform. And I would argue that that's probably still the case today. Like, I'm, I'm not sure if people feel like Quora is a main place to advertise. Finally, in 2021, uh, they started allowing contributors to monetize their own content, which I think is really interesting. So we do have the Quora partner program. But this is specifically allowing people to put a paywall up to their answers. So if you, you know, if you feel like you're someone who's well known in the space. Only answers, not yeah, only fans. <laughs> exactly. So they launched this thing called Quora Plus and they allowed subscribers to pay a monthly fee to access content that any creator chose to put behind a paywall. So if I answered this like question about Daenerys and Green Eyes <laughs> and like people trusted me as like the go like the Game of Thrones like person they could pay to see my answer. But, you know, who knows? Maybe some other person that knows a lot about Game of Thrones comes in and gives a free answer. So I'm not sure how well this, like, pay structure is actually going to work. Cool. So let's talk about who Quora is for. So I think Quora is just for people looking for the meaning of life or other random questions, like (laughs) how can the war against science be stopped in the U.S.? Or the business curious, like what is a smart but slightly unethical business strategy? That's an actual email that I got or actual question that I got (laughs) in my email from the Daily Quora today. But yeah, there's definitely a lots of folks interested in answering these questions. As Jeff mentioned, there is those 300 million unique users, or sorry, 300 million unique monthly visitors for Quora in 2020. But to tie off what you were talking about earlier with with revenue and how you know they only showed a few ads and only made 20 million in, in 2018, one of the most popular metrics for social media networks that we've talked about in this show before is ARPU or average revenue per user. And a total side note here is like user just sounds like a very weird, you know, way to call your customers you know it feels more like drug user you know it's like oh like we have you know 60 million users but it's really customers but anyways all <laughs> that aside uh forbes estimates that quora has an arpu of about 50 cents so that means every single user generates about 50 cents in revenue for the company now that absolutely pales in comparison when you look at a company like facebook so facebook is currently making about 32 dollars in average revenue per user in 2020 Jeez. so that is in insane. Terms of, yeah, no, t- totally. I mean, if you're 64 times more, g- generating 64 more. So if you're generating 65 times more in revenue than Quora, I think that's just crazy. And that's also the gold standard. You know, I mean, just think of how many people are going to Facebook and it's really sticky. You kind of stuck with it. And I don't see anyone, you know, dumping Facebook, even though that they say that they're going to. But in terms of just like looking at them being valued so high, and still raising money while not making that much money. I think that's the reason why is like, if, if I'm looking at this, 
there's got to be ways to get from 50 cents to $32. You know, even if it's not going to be $32, and I don't think Quora will ever be at that at that um, revenue generating um, area, but I still think that there's there's room to grow up there. So even if they, you know, doubled or tripled, that could be fairly significant <laughs> increases to revenue there. Yeah, so let's talk about other folks that are kind of in the similar space. The first one I want to talk about is Yahoo Answers. Rest in peace, because I think they just finally <laughs> decided to close their doors after some super long time. Yahoo I Answers. Yahoo Answers. Me too. Uh-huh. Yeah, Yahoo Answers was basically the same thing, like this like question and answer forum that was like with more trolls, with more with trolls, more yeah, anonymity. Yeah, the questions were like way out there. The answers were way out there, and I think this was like really prominent when we were in high school mike so it's like way before quora totally come about but yeah unfortunately much like the rest of yahoo they kind of went under um, except for fantasy football except for fantasy football weirdly like that's that's their they should just rebrand um other competitors that we also mentioned during the show google obviously you're googling a lot of questions and answers although google is probably better for more factual things wikipedia again more factual and more long-form articles i think reddit is pretty similar in that it's like kind of this like post you know, style where people can kind of chime in. But again, there's no like idea of like, everything has to be a question. And they don't have kind of the same monetization model. Reddit's just like, kind of everything. It's just like, you know, questions, posts, answers, FYIs, video clips, etc. But yeah, I think that's, that's the gist of who is kind of similar to Quora in terms of competitors. Yeah, we can talk about our thoughts as well. So I can kick this one off today. So I'm going to rate Quora a 4.25 4.25 out of 5. So that definitely up there for one of the products that we reviewed. I, I think that they just have a really simple UI that I really like. You know, it's just question and answer. Mm-hmm. You, know? and you can't really beat that for getting that short form answers that you need and just getting really quick information. And it feels very supplemental to something like Google when I'm looking for a more specific answer that Google can't just answer. If I'm Googling something on like, you know, any like name your topic i'm going to get like a variety of answers but with quora you're getting specific questions that people are asking that are the exact questions that i have with the exact answer that i was expecting so that i think is like the core of of quora's questions that they or sorry features that they have in terms of their overall strategy of why i think they don't score higher is just from their monetization um strategy i i do appreciate though that they're not going full ad and they're also are launching quora plus I think there's a lot of value there. I'm curious to see if that actually takes off because I feel like that's kind of like the the two ways that those are the two ways that businesses have started to, or sorry, the two business models that you've approached. You can either do subscription based or you can do a purely advertising. I think likely what will end up happening is, you know, it'll be like the New York Times or Wall Street Journal where it's ultimately both, where you can access some articles um, or some Quora posts for free. But if you want to do more, it's going to, you're going to have to pay and subscribe to that. And so, I don't know if that's better than having advertising. I guess it'll it'll depend on how they're able to execute the advertising so it doesn't feel like you're being yelled at to buy something. So 4.25 out of 5 for me. Yeah, I'm actually going to go lower than you by a pretty significant amount, which I think is probably the first time we've been this far apart. I'm actually going to give it like a 3.8. So personally, I do love Quora. I think that it's like really entertaining to read. There's obviously a lot of folks on there that are really invested in like the space and the questions kind of vary all over the place, which I think is awesome. But I do think it is a niche product. Like a lot of people that I talk to probably haven't heard of Quora, like they've heard of Reddit or haven't heard of Quora, obviously, like they've heard of Facebook or even like sometimes Yahoo Answers. 
where I think I specifically like Quora because I like the idea of basically absorbing this experience from other people really quickly via like question and answer form. And I agree with you on all your other points. So I think they just have a really tough time making money, getting people to join the platform, getting people to stick around. So I am concerned that, you know, Quora might not last forever, but I will give it some points for the fact that I think the content itself is super, super interesting. They don't do that much curation. I don't, I think aside from merging questions uh, so that there's not like a bunch of duplicates, there's nothing saying that the answer needs to be of high quality or the question needs to be of high quality, mm-hmm. um, which I think can be good or bad, <laughs> like just like Reddit, right? So <laughs> for uh, sure, I, I guess I would argue against like the curation only because the, the email, I feel like the email is like, yeah, that's fair. I've like gotten like a ton of curation and like it just like knows all everything that I'm subscribed to and sends me like exactly what I want to the questions that I would pique my interest. Yeah, but I think in that case, they only do that for very high engagement questions. So like those questions that you usually get usually have like maybe hundreds of answers and 10,000 up or down votes. I, I don't think that they do it across the board. And I, I would say that it's very similar to Reddit, where Reddit's problem is that because it's crowdsourced, you kind of get a mixed bag of who's on it. I would still say that Reddit has a better acquisition model. Reddit posts show up more often in conversation or people reference them more often than like Quora. I've never heard of anybody say, oh, based on this Quora group or this Quora space, whereas like a lot of people talk about like, oh, this subreddit was famous in the news for doing XYZ. They organized this event or like there was Reddit user blah, blah, blah posted. Like you see it all, all over the news today. People actually like are now referencing Reddit, which is giving them some credibility. Whereas like, I've never seen someone say like, oh, from this Quora answer, somebody answered XYZ. And so I'm going to take that as like truth or something. So yeah, they do have a slight problem with getting some level of credibility and getting more users in the door. But at the same time, I do think that like, for someone like me, that's interested in hearing what other people have to say, even if it is a very opinionated space, like, who do you think is the strongest character in the MCU? It's like a very (laughs) subjective answer. I just love being able to go through and read people's answers on uh, what they think is, um, you know, the appropriate answer to the the question at hand. So I'm going to give Quora 3.8. I still think it's a super solid product. I think that if they were to clean up maybe some of the UI, maybe how the questions get asked, and then maybe, you know, to my detriment a little bit, but like monetizing so they can use that money to do more things, I think Quora can score much, much higher in the future. Awesome. Well, those are our thoughts on Quora, and we'd love to hear from you, our audience. So definitely reach out to us. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at prodxpodcast. That's P-R-O-D-E-X podcast. Yeah, and if you like the show, be sure to like us and subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. And let us know what products we should review next. See you next episode.